0: of the Monday Crew Chris Iconis joined by Dennis Geisler we've got a lot to talk about. We got some Rutgers basketball coming up Knights back at the rack tomorrow, big big home game against Purdue coming up. And we've also got some NFL Jets officially out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Giants fall to the Ravens, you know, a lot a lot of stuff going around in the league. Um and we're going to get into all of that around 6:30 and then we'll kind of just, you know, see where it goes from there. Chris Iconis Alone in studio, joined by Dennis Geisler from Virginia. Mr. Geisler, how are we doing tonight?
1: I'm doing all right. Uh, had a nice, uh, relaxing couple of days. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's weird being on break. I wasn't on break until Tuesday of last week. So this is
0: my first Monday on break. Uh, I see that I wasn't the only one on the Tuesday final gang uh, having to grind it out to the end. Yeah, it's uh, it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not fun. Not fun. But, you know, getting back to it, I, I want to start off with this uh, Rutgers basketball team. Um, tough loss on the road to Ohio State. 6-1 and one on the year. Um, you know, I've got a big game against Purdue on Tuesday. A bounce-back game, a get-right game, if you will. Uh, And the news coming out from NJ.com, Jacob Young looks like he's going to play tomorrow. Um, So, obviously, a huge get for this night's offense. From what I saw, I think, you know, we talk about Miles getting into foul trouble, and that was obviously important. Uh, We talk about the rest not being good. That was obviously important. But ultimately, the game really fell off the rails, really went off the rails when Jacob Young got hurt and had to leave the game. So, getting him back is going to be huge for that night's offense
1: yeah i i was not able to catch a lot of that ohio state game but definitely a lot went wrong as that game moved forward rutgers it felt like rutgers didn't have enough players almost uh to really play through the game but i don't know it was uh it it was obviously pretty rough and a lot went wrong especially later on in the game but um I'm looking forward to seeing, obviously, Jacob Young back um, when Cliff comes back. Whenever Cliff comes back, that'll be really big for this team.
0: Uh, and I, I heard some news about Caleb McDonald, I think. Caleb McConnell, that's right. Could be coming back this year. We thought he was, you know, completely gone, medical red shirt. But keep in mind, NCAA... Is giving everyone a free year of eligibility, so there's no real need to medical redshirt, and it seems like they think he could be healthy before the end of the year. So you know, someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, that that would be really big to
1: add to the rotation. Uh, I, I I would be <laughs> really excited to see because I, I think the big weakness of this Rutgers team right now, and that was what ended up getting exploited against Ohio State. Not that I don't, not, not that I think Ohio State really caused it. Um, but that, I think, was the issue against Ohio State is that we just don't have a lot of players. All of our players are great, but we're really running with seven players usually. Um, Cliff was injured, so we had to use um, Ducore a lot more, and that was obviously a little rough. Um, it, it When we do have our seven great players on the court for... 30 minutes each it's a great like rutgers plays incredibly um it it just ends up running into issues if we ever start losing some of these players and i'm hoping that as the season moves forward as we move into a big 10 tournament and ncaa tournament that we're able to be fully healthy everybody is on the court and that this is looking like a really scary team
0: really really is Yeah, definitely looking like a scary team. I will say this, though. Uh, I mean, I think really when they're healthy, they're running like an eight-man rotation. Freshmen get a few minutes here or there. But other than Cliff, none of them are really, you know, blowing us away right away, which is okay. They're going to need time to develop. I I think they all have a lot of potential. But Mm -hmm. getting Caleb McConnell back would be so huge for the guard depth because you've got – right now you're running basically three, four main guys – or actually five main guys. you got Mulcahy. And Jacob Young, um, Geo Baker, too. He's not 100% yet from his ankle, although he's getting more and more comfortable as we go on. You've got Ron Harper Jr. and you've got Montez Mathis. If you add Caleb McConnell to that, and they're plenty deep on their own, you add Caleb McConnell back to that, you're looking at one of the deepest backcourts in the Big Ten. Uh, So I think that Rutgers getting Caleb McConnell back would take a bit of the load off of the other guys both in terms of minutes and you know just general burden on them to score um you know he adds another layer another you know i guess sort of safety net uh for the Knights' backcourt and I, I think that if they can get him back um a, a, an already very good team checking in at number 14 on the ap poll you know i think they could take the next step
1: I uh, yeah i think you're totally right um You did mention number 14 in the AP poll, dropping three from last week, which I think is reasonable. Um, Obviously, a loss you're always going to drop, but I'm glad that it wasn't too much of a punishment. Um, Just given that uh, Ohio State's a good team, it was on the road, I think that the injuries and all of that were brought into consideration. So I I think that it's definitely a reasonable spot for this team to be right now um and so this upcoming week's going to be really important especially I, I i don't know if i'd say especially but definitely uh tomorrow night's game against purdue i think is going to be pretty important because it's not like Purdue's the best that the big 10 has to offer and we are playing at home
0: yeah but even i mean still, we are playing at home of course only place you can well i don't want to say the only place but the best place you can listen to that game tomorrow 88.7 FM wrsu wrsu.org tell your smart speaker to play wrsu however you want to listen to us doesn't really matter uh i'll be on the call for that with Dylan Allen making his rutgers basketball mm-hmm. debut so how about that
1: that that's exciting uh, i'm looking forward to it great getting all of our uh newer wrsu members uh into the into the mix of calling basketball that's always a big lot of fun big day for rutgers so. big day for rutgers you're so right um belichick's excited about it uh Be- belichick is always excited for rutgers um st- strangely on this show he's just <laughs> ecstatic
0: big day we, for we rutgers. keep him off in the
1: <laughs> we keep him off in the corner and then he like big day for rutgers whenever we need him to um yep,
0: rah, rah.
1: <laughs> i miss raj yeah, I'm sad that Raj can't be here.
0: We don't we don't know that he can't be here, but he isn't here. <laughs> I said on the group chat I I believe I mentioned before, and you asked me for clarification, which is okay. I thought I could have sworn I mentioned before that we were doing crew on the fall schedule over break. You did. You did
1: mention. I did. That. Okay, so I um, didn't forget to say that. Yeah. Uh I, I, I just wasn't sure on the basis of like when we were because I was pretty sure we did have it tonight, and I wanted to clarify. I wasn't sure about uh, later this week, uh, oh, okay. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day.
0: Yeah, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I'm going to say probably not. Um, I mean, okay. if people want to do it, they're more than welcome to go ahead, but I'm not going to make anyone come in on New Year's Day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. all right, then, in that case, you know, we should probably get a Twitter pull out to wonder where Raj is because he's playing hooky and he has not <laughs> documented a reason, a valid excuse for his absence, and if he doesn't do-, do so, there will be consequences.
1: I wonder if he has another uh, interview. That's usually where. Yeah, he is. usually
0: he tells me though. Usually he does. Yeah, you're right. sorry. I hope he's okay.
1: I do hope he's okay.
0: I- I'm joking around about him, you know, punishing him and all that. Real seriously though, I hope he's okay. Hmm. Yeah. So. Um, getting back to our point about Rutgers men's basketball, it six and one, you know, got wins over Maryland and Illinois on the season so far in big 10 play. Um, you know, if they had stayed healthy, I think they would have probably held on, uh, to beat Ohio state, probably not by the double digit margin. they were beating by in the first half. Cause you know, Ohio state's a really good team and Rutgers was shooting the lights out, but, um, checking in at number 14 in the AP poll. I, I think that's about right. You know, drop a couple spots cause you lost, but, it was a quality opponent um, before the injuries and foul trouble really got to you. They were playing pretty well. So, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, looking forward in this stretch, uh, not just Purdue, but there are two very big games coming up after that. Uh, you've got Luca Garza and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, and then you head back to the Izone over in East Lansing um, to take on the Michigan State Spartans. So, two very, very intriguing and difficult matchups coming up. On the heels of that Purdue game,
1: yeah, and and even right after that is uh, another matchup against Ohio State. You can avenge the one loss from earlier in the season with this record. It's easy top ten, I think, for Rutgers um, if they can win all these games. Which obviously it will be ridiculously difficult to win all these games. Even at home, Iowa is a fantastic team. and It is going to be really difficult to get through. Uh, they did, they did lose a couple of games recently. Um, the loss against Gonzaga, I can't blame them for. It. Gonzaga's the best team in the nation. But uh, the loss against Minnesota was a little rough uh, and does show a lot of the depth of the conference. But even still, I think that this Iowa team is very good. And I think that for the future, they're probably going to... I don't know. I assume they'll be able to rebound and be looking in good form going into the Rutgers game. And so that's going to be def- definitely the, the early highlight of the season. Like, I think the Syracuse game was the big first thing for Rutgers. Like, okay, can Rutgers get through a big out-of-conference opponent? And that was cleared. Um, and then Illinois was the next big thing where it's like, okay, ranked Big Ten opponent, that was cleared. I think now the Iowa game, it's like, okay, can they beat a nationally very relevant team? Like, this Iowa team's very good. Luka is very good. This is where Rutgers needs to show that they can break through to the next level and beat some of the best teams in the nation because that's how you start making runs deep into the NCAA tournament or even how you win, like, the Big Ten tournament, for that matter. I'm just looking forward to the Big Ten tournament. I haven't... <laughs> just personally, I haven't watched a lot of uh, college basketball before I came to Rutgers. Um, Can't say I'm a huge basketball fan in general, but I really like conference tournaments. I don't really have an explanation for that. I just do.
0: Well, the thing with the conference tournaments are, like, they're not quite as big as March Madness, but uh, they're different in the sense that for almost every league, I know the Ivy League and a couple others are exceptions, you get to see the entire field of the conference. And occasionally you'll get a Cinderella run like Rutgers in 2018, uh, where there were, in the first four, not really expected to do anything. And, uh, you know, Corey Sanders led them on a magical run at the Garden, took them, beat Indiana, uh, all, gave Purdue a good run for its money when Purdue was, you know, one of the elite teams in the conference. Yeah, conference tournaments are fun. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't really get one last year, unless you consider the Nebraska-Northwestern Final Four. But, you know, yeah, I like conference tournaments too. Mm-hmm.
1: And also partly because... Uh... I was uh I'm I'm gonna share this. Um <laughs> uh back before uh coronavirus stuff, I was talking to some people with the uh MAAC uh about doing their conference League of Legends tournament, which was going to be held in the same venue as their conference basketball tournament, like same weekend as everything. They were gonna do the men's tournament, the women's tournament, and also a couple of esports tournaments uh all across that weekend um and that all fell through and it also got canceled but uh it was really cool because it was just like wow this is a very exciting big thing that you have going on here um yeah i I didn't really have much to share about that but i thought it was interesting
0: now hang on a second here's what i don't get maybe and, and you know we've been hosting a show together for like three months now so maybe there's something i'm missing here but um wouldn't it be that in an esports tournament where you can play opponents online, why would that necessarily be canceled by the pandemic? Could people not just run the tournament from their respective homes? Um, so that's actually a, a really good point. Um,
1: basically, what ended up happening was for, for college and uh, all, a lot of the professional leagues kept going um because you're absolutely right they can play from their respective homes the thing about college is that a lot of the time the players are only able to play from college or using equipment they have at college and sometimes they're just not really contactable in general uh it it ended up being a logistical nightmare because everything was at least held off for a couple weeks because oh my goodness we don't know what's going on um And so for a couple of weeks, they had to push it off, change everything logistically, try to figure out what they were doing. Um, And then for college, uh, it it just ended up being kind of a logistical nightmare, trying to get everyone back together and make them able to play again. Um, So they they ended up holding off the rest of the college season and uh, doing it. uh, but they're going to be starting up again with an obviously all online thing so everyone signing up has to be able to do it from wherever they're doing things now but yeah long story short is that college league of legends is on a much lower level than even like college basketball or anything and so when players get relocated it can be hard to contact them and it can be hard to field teams and it just ends up being kind of a mess.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that that's the thing that's really interesting. Um, I, I figured it would be simple, but you know, a lot of logistics that you know you would understand a lot better than I would when it comes to esports, though. Yeah, and it's, it, it's a lot of
1: difficult stuff. Like, obviously the coronavirus is very <laughs> new. Nobody knew how to deal with any of this going into it, and esports have adapted really well um everything esports has done for <laughs> months has been good uh all of the major esports leagues got to keep competing um just over the last couple of weeks um korea and china held their uh big uh pre league of legends tournaments which went off very well uh korea's is still going on but um that those have been going very well and everyone's ready to start up the next season for league of legends uh and college is already moving into the stages of getting ready for uh their next thing so it it is pretty adaptable um it was just kind of a time constraints end up being an issue and just trying to um make sure that everyone's there
0: (laughs) uh yeah yeah Uh, That's really interesting, though. I'm glad we we touched on that a bit. Locks of the Week. Coming at you at the bottom of the 6 o'clock hour on the Monday crew. Chris Akonis and Dennis Geisler coming at you. Uh, we were talking before about Rutgers men's basketball and their opportunity to rebound from the Ohio State loss uh, coming up tomorrow. But going to shift gears and open up the old sports book and see what kind of picks we can find. So, Dennis Geisler, you're looking at the book. What do you like tonight? Well, it's not
1: tonight, but okay. I, I was looking. Uh, I I like my college football. I think everybody knows that Uh, it's bowl season uh, and that's always an exciting time for me because I can kind of pick out games and say, "Ooh, this one looks kind of nice because nobody really knows how these games are going to go. And I was looking at the bowl schedule uh, and I was looking at the Citrus Bowl, the 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 Verbo Citrus Bowl, I guess, Um, Auburn and Northwestern in Orlando. They have Northwestern favored by three and a half. I would easily take Northwestern. Uh, This team's legit. Northwestern's a really legit team. And Auburn has had a lot of issues scoring. Um, Put up 13 against Alabama, 20 against Texas A&M. Against a Northwestern defense that is probably the best in the nation. One of the best, if not the best in the nation. Uh, I think they can easily keep auburn pretty far down uh auburn a lot of auburn's issues this year have been with scoring and they haven't had the best season in the world uh a loss to south carolina uh, a couple of losses against top 10 teams but even regardless of that it's it's definitely been a bit of a rough year for uh auburn and that's uh why i like northwestern in this one uh they're on the on the opposite end, they're having a great year. I think they want to cap it off with a big bowl win against an SEC team in the Citrus Bowl, um the 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 good old verbo Citrus Bowl. So uh I definitely have Northwestern minus three and a half I would I would easily take them on that. uh I I just think Auburn won't be able to score. I think Northwestern will put up a couple touchdowns. I would say the game ends maybe 21, 10, something like that uh so yeah i i uh i I like northwestern what about you chris what do you think about that pick
0: i like that pick um i think the big question in this matchup is you know you look at a team like auburn offensively and and, you know i watched the big 10 title game and justin fields looked like nathan peterman against that northwestern secondary so is the passing game for Auburn able to cope with that kind of pass defense, which is so suffocating. Um, I'm not, I'm not really convinced that they are. So I do like that pick uh, Northwestern minus three.
1: Thank you. I, uh, I also like my pick. That that was the one that jumped out to me. Uh, none of the rest have really jumped out to me. Um, I think, I, I think I like the lines for most of the rest of them. None of them feel like something I have to jump on. Uh but yeah, what about you, Chris? What's your What's your lock of uh,
0: the night, the week, the time frame? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, taking a quick 30-second glance at the slate for the NFL, um, the one that really stands out to me, uh, Washington football team, minus one and a half at the Eagles. I am going to be all over that pick this weekend. One, I think Alex Smith is going to be healthy. I think he's going to play. And I think that, you know, Washington in a not good division, I'm not going to go and say they're a good team, but I do think that they're the most, the closest thing you get to a consistent team in the NFC East. And I think that uh, if I had to pick a team that was deserving of the playoffs and has played well enough to at least, you know, be in the conversation for a playoff team, I would have to say it's Washington football team. Eagles have looked horrible this year and, you know, I'm just not sold on whatever they're putting together. So, Give me Washington in this one uh, minus one and a half, basically a pick them. I think that's pretty good value.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't disagree with you. Um, I guess I just think that, I don't know. I've seen enough games where the Washington football team has struggled to get anything going. Like I, I I don't know about everyone else. Uh, I watched that whole Panthers game because uh, I live here. I have to watch all these Washington football team games Uh, And I've seen, I saw many of the games in their big winning streak where they suffocated out the other team and made them not score any points. But I also saw their game against the Panthers where they didn't score anything and uh, just kind of fell apart. And uh, you could probably blame some of it on the quarterbacking of uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, They still weren't scoring a lot of points under Alex Smith either. This is just not a great offense. Uh, So I, I think that. I don't know it, it'll be it'll be a difficult struggle um, and if uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you uh, heard these reports but if uh, Alex Smith does not play uh, Taylor Heineke is um, slated to play I believe is the uh... yes yes um, so I uh, if that's who they end up trotting out for this game I would not be excited but uh I don't know. I, it, it'll be a close one. I, I don't hate the line.
0: I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a rough one. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I would say this. Well, first off, the pick is predicated on the assumption that Alex Smith will start. If Smith's not That's on fair. there, I'm not putting any money on Taylor Heineke. So just so we're clear on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but more to the point, I think that, you know, I mean, it's a bad division and a bad year. Um, you know, so I'm not gonna say that the Washington Football Team is this great team, compared relative to the competition. I think that they've defined themselves as the best team in the NFC East, though.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, it, it's just a question of are they better enough than even the Eagles, who I think have clinched being at the bottom of the NFC East? Uh, are are they better enough to? even consistently win a game like this like I, I think part of the reason why the division's been such a mess is because none of the teams have uh really stood out where in, in a division like i don't know the nfc north where one team is very good and the rest of them are middling to bad uh y- you might see the rest of the teams is like okay whatever they don't really matter that much but now that these teams are kind of fighting at the top it's I don't know I forgot where I, I I have no idea where I was going with that uh I I like your pick uh I just something something about it doesn't I, I don't like it it it's a good pick but something about it doesn't work for me
0: if it doesn't work for you then it's not a good pick
1: nah I don't think that's how it works like I I, I still think it's a good pick it's just I I don't know I don't know I really I really don't know.
0: <laughs> now i want to i guess you know is there anything pressing on your mind that you want to talk about when it comes to nfl because if not i can go into my uh, weekly jets rant
1: uh i i am before you go into your weekly jets rant uh i'm happy about the bears actually uh yeah bears look good the the jaguar the, the jaguars win wasn't that impressive or anything it was a win over the jaguars but Uh, The Cardinals losing was huge for the Bears uh, because it means that beating the beating the Packers puts the Bears in the playoffs or the Rams beating the Cardinals puts the Bears in the playoffs,
0: uh, which is a pretty nice spot to be in. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. You know, we've talked about Mitch Trubisky being a very up and down, inconsistent young quarterback Um, sitting here near the end of the regular season. How confident are you in his ability to lead the Bears' offense? Because they've got talent all over the field, but if the quarterback isn't the right guy, their ceiling is, you know, divisional round. So, I guess, how do you feel about Trubisky?
1: In the long term, I don't think he's great. And I'm honestly kind of conflicted on this as well because I need to look at it. I think his rookie contract is up this year. Um... Which puts the Bears in a pretty awkward spot because this is a pretty good year for quarterbacks. If the Bears end up getting a decent draft pick, they could jump on someone like uh, Justin Fields if he falls that far. I I know we'll end up talking about Justin Fields later, so I will just put that out there. But uh, someone like Justin Fields if he falls that far or whoever the quarterback of North North Dakota State is right now. I forget his name, but I've seen him on a couple of boards. What'd you say? Trey Lance Trey Lance. That's his name. Um, but at the same time, it's like, uh, do, do we want to get rid of Trubisky right now? Cause I, I don't know that I want to, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I keep saying this. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if I want to extend Trubisky for a huge contract off his rookie contract because I think that um, this could easily go very bad. Like Trubisky's had a couple of pretty bad seasons. He does a lot of really bad games. Um, I want to see David Montgomery back. I want to see Alan Robinson back. I think those are the two big standouts on this offense that feel less fluky to me. Like Allen Robinson's a fantastic wide receiver. Um, and David Montgomery's been playing very well. It's definitely only very recently that he's been playing very well, but he has been playing very well. Um, and I have to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but i I just don't know how much credit of this I can give to trubisky, especially with how choppy his career has been up till this point. i I just it's it, it's it's difficult making this choice. And I think I will stand behind either the choice to keep trubisky. Or the choice to draft someone new and get rid of Trubisky. Um, but I, I, I really don't know. Because if it was any other year where it's just like, okay, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to hold on to Trubisky for another year. He's still on contract for another year. Whatever. We'll hold on to him. We'll see what he does. But now that he's in the stage of almost... Uh, being out of the Bears like we either have to extend him or we don't have him anymore uh it comes kind of near it it, it, and it's still possible the Bears are going to miss the playoffs I'm I'm still reasonably convinced that the Bears are going to miss the playoffs because I think that the Cardinals despite some of the games they've played I think they can beat the Rams and I think the Packers will beat the Bears so that would keep the Bears out of the playoffs um but Besides that, I do think that uh I don't know. This is a it's a weird point for the Bears to be in right now. And I guess we'll see what happens if they do make the playoffs, what Trubisky does in the playoffs, it'll probably be either the Saints or the Seahawks that we end up against, which neither matchup is awful, but also neither is very good. There are a lot of opportunities for us to maybe not play like garbage, hopefully. Um, because it's not like the Seahawks or the Saints have been the most consistent recently, although the Saints will have Drew Brees back. Um but yeah, I don't know.
0: What do you think? What are your what are your thoughts on Trubisky? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm asking you because the reason why I ask you is because like I haven't seen a ton of him. I mean, we all know the memes about Mitch Trubisky and how like I jokingly compare him to Mark Sanchez, but I I want to know if that's a <laughs> fair comparison. I want to know if uh, you know, what do Bears fans who watch a guy week in and week out think about him? So I was kind of trying to feel that out a bit. So I'm not really sure, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess in, <laughs> in my thing, I just haven't gotten to see a ton of him. partly just because, you know, I don't live in Bears country. Uh, I've got to watch uh, the Washington football team every week. Uh... Oh. Yeah, I know. Um or or e- even worse like the, the washington football team's bad um i feel like all the ravens games i've had to watch have just been a lot less interesting because at least the washington football team games are like close and matter at the end right the ravens just run up the score on the giants in the beginning of the game and then do nothing for three quarters which was incredible boring. <laughs> yeah that, that's how this that's how the game this weekend felt
0: Turns out the New York football Giants are no match for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Who knew? Wow. Yeah. Very surprising. Okay. Can we talk about Sam Donald? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. There is a trend now. Two weeks ago, everyone was, you know, if you looked on any Jets forum, if you talked to almost any Jet fan, they were all in on Trevor Lawrence, and understandably so, generational quarterback prospect, chance to reset the – financial clock, because Darnold's fifth-year options coming up after next year, and in his third year in the league, he's throwing more interceptions and touchdowns and cannot throw over 200 yards per game. That being said, when I watch Sam Darnold play, and, and it breaks my heart to say this, because coming into this year, I had big expectations for Sam Darnold. Uh, I thought, in spite of having to work with Adam Gase, who is not an offensive guru, um, that I thought he could take a leap forward and really cement himself as a future franchise quarterback. What we have gotten is a quarterback who is always scrambling out of the pocket before he really needs to when he doesn't have pressure. He doesn't read the field very well, so he'll have a wide-open guy in the flat, and he'll still throw it into double coverage because he panics. He doesn't really read the game at the NFL level. Uh, He struggles to read defenses, and he's just – He's shown flashes, but it's year three, and the guy just has not been consistent. So I don't understand now that Trevor Lawrence is off the board. All right. It is what it is. It stinks, but it is what it is. You've got, in my opinion, two or three guys who are more than capable of potentially becoming franchise quarterbacks, even though they're not flawless like Trevor Lawrence. I don't understand why, and I want to get your thoughts on this, too, because you mentioned him before why no one all of a sudden wants to even talk about Justin Fields. This is a guy yeah. who was the <laughs> 1A, the 1B to the 1A of Trevor Lawrence all throughout the last two years. If you look at every mock draft, all of a sudden, no one wants to touch him. What do you think of that, Dennis? Yeah, I think it's kind of weird.
1: I've, I've heard a little bit about his thumb being an issue, although give him six months off and I'll probably be fine Uh, I the Northwestern game wasn't great but nobody has all perfect games Trevor Lawrence has had a couple of not great performances Uh, I, I don't know I'm I'm confused as well I'm kind of just going off of cues from others uh, I watched a bit of BYU's bowl game and tr- trying to kind of measure out how I felt about Zach uh, Zach Wilson because um, it it's not like he played poorly. Um I, I I can't say I really saw it. Like I I'm 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 starting to become of the opinion that a quarterback like that a quarterback of the future needs to be a running quarterback. Um at least a quarterback with a very mobile potential. Um and Justin Fields 100% has that and I didn't see it out of Zach Wilson um I need to like just watch a little bit more of him to see if he really has that running edge because I I do think that that's a really important thing for quarterbacks nowadays to be able to run on designed pass plays um I think it really opens up the defense and it really I, that that's why Lamar Jackson was such a great quarterback that's why Patrick Mahomes has been doing really well I think that's been a big boon for a lot of recent great quarterbacks um but kind of where i was going with that is I, I i i can understand why people like zach wilson a bit more i'm just kind of surprised that people have decided to dump off justin fields because i've seen him drop past like number three on a lot of qb things like i mentioned uh the the guy whose name i forgot again <laughs> uh north dakota state guy trey um, lance trey lance yeah that's very memorable name. Yeah, I, I I've literally never seen Trey Lance play. Um, usually, I watch a little bit more FCS around this time of year. I like watching the FCS championship, but uh, I don't know. It's it's really strange. It is really strange. I, I'm gonna try to pull up some mock drafts and draft boards to see like what what is what is happening. Like I
0: don't I I don't I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you a a snapshot of where the fan base is at right now. Uh, Joe Caparoso, he's a guy who you know he runs a Jets website, has a Jets podcast, uh, one of the more prominent names in Jets Twitter. He posted a poll at 5:48, 12 minutes before he went on the air, uh, saying, "Who do you want the Jets' Week One starting quarterback to be in 2021?" And the options are Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, or another veteran. Guess what percentage of the vote? And there are 2,200 votes on this, so it's a decent sample size guess what percentage of the vote Justin Fields got? I'm going to say like three. 9%. Zach wow. Wilson, who, you know, maybe he... I, I'm not, look, I'm not like trashing Zach Wilson. Maybe he is a better prospect than Justin Fields. I honestly need to watch more tape of him. I went through about half a field season this year, uh, earlier today, and, you know, I mostly liked what I saw. Maybe Wilson is better. I don't know. But... I find it odd that Zach Wilson, with less tape, is 57% of the vote. And Sam Darnold, a guy who in year three is struggling to throw for over 200 yards and is throwing more interceptions and touchdowns, is at 29%, while Justin Fields, a guy who has been the consensus number two pick and would be the number one overall pick, in my opinion, were it not for Trevor Lawrence, is 9%. He's basically getting the Geno Smith treatment right now. Yeah. Like I'm not taking crazy uh, pills, right? Like this is weird.
1: It is weird. It is it is definitely weird. I'm 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 confused as well, honestly. I I don't get where a lot of the dislike comes from. And I think we 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 are certainly going to see some more something going into uh this uh semifinal between uh Ohio State and uh clemson because clemson's gonna win um i'm i, I don't want to say clemson's gonna win but i i'm pretty sure clemson's gonna win uh and trevor lawrence is probably gonna have a great game and justin fields is probably gonna have an okay game at least i doubt he it's gonna be as bad as some of the clemson ohio state games have been but uh, it can always go pretty poorly um and people will kind of trot back out the uh oh, maybe justin fields is not that great it's had a couple of rough games. Yikes. Um, not to mention the whole Ohio State quarterback thing that people Oh, that, keep that argument about.
0: gets me so angry. Yeah. <laughs> because that's like the red flag. That's like someone basically announcing, I don't actually watch the games. I've never actually watched Justin Fields play. But because um, I saw JT Barrett not do anything in the NFL, and I saw Cardiel Jones not do anything in the NFL, that because – Justin Fields goes to the same college. You can throw Julian Haskins in there too, especially with today's news. People just sort of are, it's a lazy take. Because you just look at that and say, oh, well, none of these guys, these guys put up good numbers, and none of them are going to do the same thing. Two things to keep in mind. One, Urban Meyer ran a different offense in Columbus than Ryan Day is running right now. That's number one. Number two, Justin Fields can make all the throws that. Dwayne Haskins or JT Barrett or whoever has never had to make. Never. hmm And, you know, it's basically people just announcing to the world, I don't actually watch the game, so I'm going to act like I know everything there is to know about Justin Fields. It's so lazy. And, and it's not the only uninformed take I've seen about Justin Fields, to be clear. For instance, a common trope that I see is uh, Justin Fields doesn't know how to sense pressure. Wrong. Go and watch the tape. I I watched a few of his games. I watched Indiana. I watched Northwestern. There were throws that he made that he shouldn't have made. Well, you could say that about virtually any young quarterback. And, you know, I think the Northwestern game, he didn't play nearly his best, but I also think he played better than the numbers indicated. Just keep in mind, like I mentioned, Northwestern, one of the best pass defenses in the country. Wide receivers were largely draped, and yet he still was able to get off some pretty good throws. One of those two interceptions was a ridiculous play by the cornerback to basically pin it, like, on the side of his body. And you know where Justin Fields, you can go on YouTube, you can find, like, full game tape of pretty much any game he's played this year. You know where Justin Fields had to face a lot more pressure than I thought he did? Where? The Rutgers game.
1: I mean, they weren't You're actually like, right. You know, You're so it wasn't right. wasn't like
0: completely uh, flushed every single play by any means, but there were a lot of plays where you know the Rutgers front four was able to dial up some pressure on Justin Fields, and guess mm-hmm. what? He was still able to get off some very good throws. He made good decisions under pressure. At no point did I look at Justin Fields. I mean, you could look at one or two plays if you want to cherry pick, but. For the most part, from what I've seen from him, there is not there wasn't really a, a trend I saw of Justin Fields to support this claim that he doesn't know how to read defenses and he doesn't know how to navigate pressure. It's just... People just say things about a quarterback. They're truisms, basically. It, it Basically, it sounds true and you feel like it's true. But you're not going to sit down and you're not going to watch the tape. You're not going to actually do the homework on the guy to... Determine whether or not it's actually true. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I have not watched a ton of Zach Wilson. Maybe Zach Wilson is just as good as Justin Fields. Maybe he's even better. I don't know. But there's a lot less tape on Zach Wilson than there is on Justin Fields. And And there is a tendency to not evaluate the full body of work. Because, you know, you mentioned it. Look at. Trevor Lawrence against Georgia Tech in the opening game of 2019. Do you remember that game? Uh, I don't because I wasn't following Georgia Tech anymore at that point. He had two interceptions, one touchdown. I think he threw like 53% or something. He was under 200 mm-hmm. yards passing. It was not a good game at all. No one was sitting here saying, well, if Trevor Lawrence can't do that against Georgia Tech, how is he going to be the number one overall pick? No one was saying that. The standards that we held that fans are holding Justin Fields to are ridiculously higher than they would for Trevor Lawrence. And that's not to say Trevor Lawrence isn't the better prospect, because he clearly is. But he, Justin Fields is getting completely disrespected when we're talking about the other quarterback prospects in this draft class. And, and I mm-hmm. just, I'm sorry, I know I'm going on a tangent and I and I'll let you say a couple things on this, but it's just been driving me nuts, and I want to get it off my chest. So, Dennis, I guess, what did you make of that?
1: Uh, I mean, I think that, I mean, to to look at a small part, it's like if if Zach Wilson is as good as Justin Fields, then that means the draft class is pretty good at the quarterback position. Yes. Because that means there's three very good quarterbacks. Not to mention after that, a lot of people like Trey Lance. Uh, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask have had great ears. Uh, I really liked what I've seen out of Sam Ellinger, actually. He's kind of low on some draft boards, but I actually like Sam Ellinger quite a bit. Is Ellinger um, coming out
0: this year? I don't
1: know. Maybe he isn't. That would that would be an explanation. I've I've seen him on some boards, but let not me look others. it up right now, actually. Um Yeah, I I don't know. But uh I, I like Sam Ellinger a lot. Um there are a couple of other pretty solid quarterbacks out there, um the Pittsburgh guy, Kenny Pickett, uh is pretty all right from what I've seen. So there there's a decent amount of pretty good QB uh prospects going into this draft and uh I think that if you're drafting a quarterback in the top half of the draft, so somewhere in the top 15 picks, you're probably going to get someone pretty good at least on a prospect wise. Like, I, and obviously, there's always going to be the, oh, what if they end up being a bust, which it's always possible. It's always possible in every draft, every player, every draft, it's always possible. Um, but I think that this year, looking at the players in there, I think you have to be happy if you're getting one of these top three quarterbacks. And with how many of the teams that are playing poorly this year, because that's one of the things I wanted to look a little bit more at, especially on this, uh, show is like l- looking at the teams near the bottom of the records who is looking for a quarterback the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence number one because they need a quarterback and Trevor Lawrence is great like that it it clicks perfectly for them uh but after that it's like depend. we'll 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 leave the Jets as a question mark for right now you probably don't want that but we'll leave the qu- uh, Jets as a question mark I don't think the Falcons need someone to replace Matt Ryan just yet um the texans have one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl right now um the bengals have a great prospect um the eagles jalen hurts was just drafted i don't think they want to replace him um and then you're you're starting to get into teams that need quarterbacks a little bit higher up um detroit maybe detroit maybe they want to replace matt stafford um How much does Matt Stafford have left on his contract? Um, I don't know, but I do know that
0: he's got a ton of if if it let me look it up. Actually, I don't want to say anything without having to uh, retract it. He's a
1: free agent in uh,
0: 2023. It looks like. Yeah, class 2023. That's when he's uh, a UFA. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's the deal with the uh, Detroit Lions. They're bad. (laughs) What? They're bad. (laughs) Well, yes, there's that. But also, by the time that they're good, you know, assuming they get the head coach hire right and, you know, they got a good GM and all that, whatever. Put that aside. I don't know enough about their situation in that respect to really comment. Look at their way their roster is constructed. It makes all the sense in the world to, you know, call up a bunch of quarterback-needy teams, you know, a team that may have an aging quarterback like, you know, the Steelers or the Colts, uh, the Saints maybe. Try to find a team or, I I don't know, maybe even a a middling team that wants to go for a home run move. I think that it makes a lot more sense to trade Matt Stafford and start over with a young quarterback. Because look at, here, I got the draft order up right here. You've got teams that are going to take a quarterback, in my opinion. You've got Jacksonville, one, they're taking Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Jets at number two. Gun to my head, I say that they take Justin Fields. Let's maybe they take Zach Wilson. We'll we'll call it a toss up.
1: It's it's probably a quarterback either way.
0: I'm sorry. Say that again.
1: It's it's probably a quarterback either way.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. I don't think they're taking Panay Sewell, and I don't think they're trading down. After that, I think you're right. They've got you've got the Dolphins who have the Texans pick. Uh, they're not taking a quarterback. You got the Falcons. Maybe the Falcons want to move on from Matt Ryan. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not willing to say that they're definitely taking a quarterback. Cincinnati, no. Eagles, no. And then Detroit's at number seven. So assuming that either Wilson or Fields are on the board, or if they really like Trey Lance in Detroit, which, I mean, I I don't know if I would take – I think he could be a good prospect, but I I don't think I would take him in the top ten. Again, I haven't seen as much tape on him, so I could be wrong. I reserve the right to change my mind. You know, there are a couple teams here that might be interested in – starting over even though the guy they have right now is fine because they make so much money you could say the same about a lot of the same things about Matthew Stafford you could say about Matt Ryan That's interesting You don't agree with that? You're not
1: wrong but also I, I don't know. I the, the Lions are just such a poorly run organization where even though I think that um Even though I'm not a huge fan of Matthew Stafford, I have to agree that at the very least, the same organization that destroyed uh, Calvin Johnson's, basically destroyed Calvin Johnson's potentially best wide receiver in all of NFL history career, um, as well as Ndamukong Su, ran him out of town very quickly. Like the, the the organization that was responsible for all of those things, I think very possibly could have been responsible for Matthew Stafford also having a pretty meh career.
0: Yeah, I'm not even talking about when I compared the two, when I said that the Falcons and the Lions are in a similar spot, I wasn't even talking about the quarterbacks themselves. I was talking more about situation around them, quarterback on the wrong side of 30, mm-hmm. making a ton of money, uh, team mm-hmm. needs to overhaul their roster. I think both of those teams are candidates to, you no, know, either draft quarterback or hey, they might take a flyer on Sam Darnold. Joe Douglas will call him up, say hey, what do you want to offer for Sam Darnold? I would not be surprised. I mean, look, Josh Rosen netted a second and a fifth, and he was out of the league like a year after that trade. Hmm.
1: You're, yeah, you're actually. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. Um, and I wonder if. Because the Jets could could pull some sort of Darnold for the veteran trade, um, maybe try to get someone else for the short term. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to see the Jets playing for the short term, though. Um, I, yeah, cause I, I, I don't want to see them draft a quarterback. I just think that's. uh, I don't know, I, I think that they have bigger issues than quarterback right now, and that's the big thing.
0: Well, keep in mind, they've got four first-round picks in the next two years. So they could take a quarterback at number 2. They still have three first-round picks in the next two years, and they've also got two extra thirds. So they've got some decent capital on the top end of the draft the next two years that they can use to go and build the team. It's not a question of build the supporting cast or get the quarterback. The Jets are in a fortunate position where they could do both at the same time. And if you net, let's say, a second-rounder for Sam Darnold— you know, then you're really set up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're 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 definitely right. Um, I guess I my my core issue with the Jets this year is I think they should have fired Adam Gase like week seven, eight, like m- many many weeks ago because this team is already on a downward trajectory. Like I, the the excuse that I heard for keeping Adam Gase around was. Okay, if we keep Adam GaSe around, he'll tank, and then we'll get Trevor Lawrence. And obviously, that did not happen. Adam GaSe got two wins at the end of the season, and now there's no Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily say that that's like a fully terrible thing. Like, obviously, you'd prefer getting Trevor Lawrence or the number one pick, which would presumably get Trevor Lawrence for another team compared to um, uh, not having the number one pick. But even with that, I think that um, my, my, my issue is that I would have preferred to see the Jets with a different coach for eight weeks see what sam darnold can do under not adam Gase. see if he can gain a little bit of confidence going into next year so you actually have a more educated decision on whether adam Gase was the problem the whole time and you can keep sam darnold and build a supporting cast around him or whether you just want to stop trying with sam darnold and uh pick a quarterback because I don't think that you can make a fully educated decision on that right now, knowing that Adam Gase was responsible for so many of the issues with Sam Darnold.
0: Listen, I think Gase should have been fired the day after he was hired. (laughs) And I know I'm nowhere near the only Jets fan who feels that way. No one wanted him. No one. Except for the owner of the New York football jets, Christopher Johnson. And, you know, as long as Joe Douglas, who I think is a very good GM uh, as long as he's the one making the decision on who the next coach is. I feel good about where we are long-term. I know Jets fans are um, on the brink after losing Trevor Lawrence. I get that, but I think this organization is set up two years down the line to be in a Potentially a very good situation. So I think that all the doom and gloom about the Jets, I think it's a bit premature. And, you know, my final takeaway from this whole uh, tangent, put some respect on Justin Fields. Please. At least give him a chance, you know?
1: Stop treating
0: him like he's, you know, some rando QB. Like he was projected number two overall for a reason. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that that's just what I want to say about Justin Fields. All right, it's the top of the seven o'clock hour. We're gonna take a break, get that legal ID thing, keep everything nice and legal here, and then we'll uh, get into some more sports talk. You are listening to the Monday Crew on eighty-eight point seven WRSU FM, New Brunswick. Spend your New Year's Eve with WRSU sports as Rutgers women's basketball heads to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. Ronnie Walenta and Brant Wolf have the call at 3 p.m. as the Knights look for their second Big Ten win of the season. It's all on 88.7 WRSU FM and online at wrsu.org. football, basketball, soccer, wrestling, baseball, and lacrosse. This is WRSUFM New Brunswick. Hey, give me a beat. If you're looking for music that's, well, just off the beaten path, you should tune into the offbeat. It's alternative, electric, and just playing out